your relationship with fear is the most important relationship of your life because it's a relationship that you have with yourself at your core. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. So I'm skiing in Alaska, and the helicopter just dropped me off alone at the top of this massive peak. And it doesn't even have a name because nobody's ever stood up here before. And I have my hand on the steep above because it's so steep. The slope is just so steep that I can't even see beyond 20 feet below me, except for the valley, thousands of feet below. And then I hear on the radio the guide saying, "Hey, Kristen, it might avalanche, so have a plan." But I can barely hear him because there's a helicopter hovering right there, and it's making all sorts of racket. And they're going to film me skiing this face from the helicopter, and the pressure's on because it's 50 bucks, 50 bucks. <laughs> There's a long pause, and I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. And then I finally hear the countdown: three, two, one, go, and I push off. So this is how I made my living for a really long time, and these are some of the things that I did in those mountains. <laughs> Now, wrap your mind around this, though. So when I get the call from Vision three months ago saying, "Won't you speak at A Fest in Bali?" I hung up the phone and I felt like I'd been punched in the stomach. <laughs> you see, it took me a while to figure this fear thing out. I don't believe you learn from experience; you learn from reflecting on the experience. And I have had a lot of experience to reflect on. For 12 years, I was considered the best woman big mountain extreme skier in the world. I was voted the most extreme woman athlete in North America, beating women in all sports disciplines, not just skiing. I was called fearless. I felt fearless, and I was celebrated for it. So, I've had a lot of experience dealing with a tremendous amount of fear. First 15 years as a career athlete. Where I did some things right by fear, and I did some things wrong by fear, risking my life on a daily basis sometimes. And then when I retired, I spent 15 years voraciously studying a Zen approach to fear. And during that time, I worked with thousands of clients, doing a ton of research, brokering a conversation between them and their fear. And now, 30 plus years of real-world experience later, I mean, I have devoted my life to this. Here are the best two things I've learned about fear, and this is going to really scramble your brain. If you try to conquer and overcome fear, that effort will either run or ultimately ruin your life. But if you embrace fear, that effort will turn fear into one of the greatest experiences you have here on planet Earth. And no, I did not get that backwards. I just said, overcome fear bad, empower fear good. I'm going to break these down one at a time, starting with overcome fear bad. I want to introduce to you an equation: suffering equals discomfort times resistance. Discomfort, fear is a sensation of discomfort in your body. It comes from the amygdala, two almond-sized nuggets at the top of the spine, and it's the manufacturing plant for fear. And all data is run through this primary filter first. And in a crisis, it will send a shot of fear, of discomfort, into, through, and out of your body. It'll flow like water. But here's the thing: to the amygdala, everything is a perceived threat. 
And as a result, fear is with you every single moment of every day in nearly every single interaction you have. And I feel it up here. You feel it sitting down there. You don't even need to leave your house to feel it. It's as innate as your heart pumping blood or having arms and legs. And to try and limit or control or lower that number is like trying to use your intellect or will to stop your heart from pumping blood. And it's very difficult to do. So then we have the resistance. Because we don't want to or refuse to believe that about fear, resistance is specifically taught. It works like this. Imagine you have a house full of children, and half your children you've named calm, joy, gratitude, positivity. The other half of your children, fear, anger, sadness, negativity. Well, we nurture and love and show off to the world these children, and we resist these. And resistance comes in many forms. Maybe you ignore fear, or you use goal-oriented meditation to breathe in calm, breathe out your fear. But the big thing we do is we fight a war with it. That's where all the language comes from, conquer, overcome it. And some form of resistance is taught by nearly every single self-help guru, psychologist, sports coach, feared anxiety expert out there. And the reason why is it works. I did it made me feel fearless and powerful. But, don't you love that word? <laughs> How do you think fear feels about all this? And who do you have to become to deny fear its rightful place in your life? The conquering and overcoming of fear is a problem for three distinct reasons. First of all, it takes a lot of effort. I mean, here's fear, it has something to say. And You're not going to like this, but you can't actually breathe out your fear. It's not like CO2. What you do is you just put a piece of duct tape over its mouth. I mean, you might as well be trying to breathe out your arms and legs, right? But it seems to work because it goes away temporarily. But you've just aggravated that fear, and it's going to come back a little pissed off, right? So then you keep going back and forth, and eventually you lock it in the basement. But that son of a bitch will not be denied, out it comes, right? And next thing you know, 10 years later, you're just exhausted and burnt out. I see this in CEOs a lot, and it was the same with me. I felt like I was burnt out on the skiing, but really I was burnt out on the war that I was fighting with fear. Second, you have to change who you are. And this can show up in so many different ways. Maybe as a way to avoid fear, you withdraw from life. Or you're in your head all the time so you don't have to deal with the feelings in your body. Or you make yourself so busy as a way to run away from the fear. I became a really rigid, arrogant person. No vulnerability. And I'm actually really embarrassed about who I was during my ski career. Next thing, because, and this is the big one, because you're no longer in flow with your emotions, those emotions actually get kind of stuck and stopped up in your system. And when you try to plug a volcano, it explodes out the cracks. And look what happens if I try to squish this balloon, right? It'll find a way to get out. That undealt with fear will now show up either as an exaggerated irrational version of itself or show up redirected in other ways that don't even seem like fear at all. And this is a short list of all of the problems that I see associated with the resistance to fear. Anxiety is fear. Specifically, it's recirculating fear that's trapped in your system. Insomnia is when you're trying to sleep in the middle of the night, when your guard is dropped, that fear is very clever at getting out and hijacking your mind and running its agenda in a loop. Anger. You don't want to feel fear? Well, you have to feel something. So you feel anger instead. 95% of what we know as modern anger is just redirected fear. 
And then there's PTSD, which is a big problem. It was a problem for me after my ski career as well. I remember I was skiing one of those Alaskan faces, filming another movie, and I'm just cutting a hard left-hand turn, and it's a you-fall-you-die descent, and the conditions were really mashed potato-y, and next thing you know, I start cartwheeling. I don't even know what happened. And immediately I'm pitched off a 30-foot cliff, and I'm accelerating towards a bottomless crevasse, just completely out of control. And thank God my skis didn't come off, because I just had this collective no inside of me, and I just... Came up 10 feet from the edge of the crevasse in another radical left-hand turn, ski to the bottom. I'm like, whoa. And there's my friend, poor Aaron, down there, and he's crouched in a ball on the ground. He's just crying. He can't even look at me. And I just stood above him. He had just seen the whole thing, and I felt nothing. So PTSD is when you go through a difficult experience and you don't know how to deal with the emotions afterwards. So you push them down into the basement, and then those emotions will either covertly or obviously run your life, maybe for the rest of your life. So then what do we do to deal with all of these problems? Well, we're back over here with more gratitude practice, positive affirmations, breathing exercises, which works. You feel better. But it's actually aggravating the fear further and thus aggravating the underlying problem. And yes, what I am saying is all those things that we do to kind of get rid of fear are causing all of these problems. And how do I know it's temporary? And how do I know that this is causing a lot of problems and aggravating them? Because it's not working. There's more anxiety going on in the world than ever before. So then we bring in the big guns, cognitive behavioral therapy. Very clever, right? To desensitize yourself to that now screaming child. Or there's TMS, very new. Electroshocks to stimulate other parts of your brain. And if all that doesn't work, then really strong medication. That'll shut fear up. This is why I do not recommend conquer or overcome fear. I do it, you do it. You may not even realize you do it. I call it the radical denial of fear. And like I said, it seems to work. We do this. I felt fearless, right? Maybe you feel fearless, but it's a mostly false sense of fearless, and it causes a lot of long-term problems. But here's where we shift over a very important edge. I want to talk to you about something that I realized about five years after I retired which is that I had a paradox going on. I both radically denied and hated feeling fear to the extreme, but I also really loved feeling fear to the extreme. Now, can you hate and love something at the same time? Ask anybody who's married. <laughs> They will tell you. Yes, you can. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider joining Mindvalley All Access. Now you can sign up to Mindvalley All Access and unlock every Mindvalley program instantly. Get access to transformation from all of the world's best minds in everything from parenting to biohacking to mind, body, spirit, entrepreneurship, work productivity. Learn from the likes of Ben Greenfield, Jim Quick, Shafali Sabari, Stephen Kotler, and more. All available to you for less than $2 a day. Simply visit mindvalley.com forward slash now. That's mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. And you'll be surprised to see that Mindvalley All Access now comes with advanced technologies to completely transform your learning, your networks, and your human connections, including our new private social network for students, 
Connections by Mind Valley, and our Altered State Inducement app, Ombana, which complements our regular training with Altered State methodologies to transform you at a subconscious level. Check it all out on mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. mindvalley.com forward slash now. So I want to talk to you next about the radical inclusion of fear. Because the second I realized I did this, I just started having insights popping up like popcorn. Like the biggest one by far, for example, is that awful feeling you associate with fear. That's actually not fear. That's our resistance to fear. That's, oh, I don't want to feel this. That's the awful feeling, not the fear itself. How do I know this? Because you get rid of the resistance and the true nature of fear becomes revealed. Shows up as energy. And not a low vibration energy, actually a high vibration energy, high octane gas in your tank. Motivation. I wasn't fearless, that's ridiculous. I had such intense fear of being invisible and not being special, I was jumping off cliffs so as not to be invisible and to be special, and it worked. (laughs) So if you look beneath your relative reality, you will find that fear motivates you. It motivates anybody that you admire. Take fear of failure, for example. It's the very thing that gets our butt off the couch and out there engaged in the world, bringing your A-game to everything you do so as not to fail. Wisdom, you tap into fear, you tap into intuition and instinct. You make clear, sharp choices. Strength, beneath the adrenaline is fear. You plus fear, superhuman you. This is my favorite one. So, out there in the mountains, extreme sports are notorious for taking people into the zone. Well, why is that? Because these athletes are a lot more willing to feel fear than most people. So that fear actually takes them into heightened states of presence, awareness, takes you into the zone and flow states, and little else does. And this works in business, too, and hopefully in speeches. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's excitement. Fear and excitement neurochemically are exactly the same thing. And if you have an inclusive relationship with fear, that's what you feel instead. Now, here's the bottom line. There is no such thing as good fear or bad fear. However you treat it determines whether it shows up in a good or a bad way in your life. And if you resist it, it turns it into a monster. And I don't care if you have a mental, emotional, spiritual, physical problem. If you look beneath the surface, you'll learn that the resistance to fear either has something or everything to do with it. Conversely, if you have a willingness to feel fear, here's what's going to happen. Here's your comfort zone, and in it, you still feel fear, but you'll be more willing to step out of your comfort zone if you have a healthy, inclusive relationship with fear, because then you'll start taking risks where fear exists. And then you connect the dots, this becomes your new comfort zone, and then you go for round two. And mind you, each time, the fear, when you're out of your comfort zone, is there to help you bring kind of a magnificent approach to handle any situation that comes your way. So this is how we expand who we are. And can you see there is no learning and growth without a willingness to feel fear? It supports our growth. Now, this is what made me so great at skiing. It's what makes anybody great at anything. So how do you go from a resistant approach to fear to an inclusive approach? Well, here are my three best tips. Back to our equation, and play along. This is an experience. 
First tip, address the resistance. Get to know your unique relationship with this emotion. How do you treat it? Do you press it down and thus it becomes depressed and so too do you? Do you eat a lot of food or drink a lot of alcohol or smoke a lot of pot? These are ways to avoid feeling fear. However you are taught by a parent, that's kind of how you mimic your own unique relationship with fear. Do you avoid fear and thus avoid learning opportunities? Awareness is power because once you get to know your unique relationship with fear, then all of a sudden the mystery of why you have a problem in your life becomes revealed. So that's address your resistance, change your language. Hot number two tip. So you may think, oh yeah, I already know this about fear. Well, I've been paying attention and I've had a lot of conversations in the last few weeks and also in the last four days with you guys and people keep coming to me and they're like, oh yeah, you're the one that helps people overcome fear. I'm like, well, no. And they're like, ah, it's just semantics, right? And it's not though. When words lose their meaning, culture collapses. Consider turning to a five-year-old kid and saying, hey, go out there and overcome your fear. And now try this on, hey, go out there and enjoy your fear. Those words set that child up for a radically different future. So if you get nothing out of this, get this. Please don't use the word conquering and overcome and fear in the same sentence. You do that, and just watch how your life changes dramatically. Third hot tip, start a fear practice. You can come back to a gratitude practice later. Fear practice has three parts. So close your eyes, if that helps, and I want you to find the sensation of discomfort that is fear in your body. And don't get too caught up on the word fear, just look for any discomfort. It may show up as anxiety or worry, these are other names for fear. It may show up redirected, as maybe sadness or anger. When you repress fear, all the emotions get really blurred together. If you have physical discomfort, notice there's an emotional component to it as well. So find that discomfort now. That's the first step. The second step is just acknowledge that it's normal and natural to feel this. It's not a sign of personal weakness. It's not a character flaw. This can be a life-changing experience, especially if you've been feeling that there's something wrong with you, that you feel this way for a long time. Third step of your fear practice is, we are so conditioned to deal with our emotional problems intellectually. So we have an emotional problem, what do we do? We go to a therapist and we talk and think about it and try to understand it. Emotions are not meant to be dealt with intellectually, they're meant to be dealt with emotionally. So do that now, how you do that, is you feel your fear. So do that right now, feel it without trying to get rid of it. Be like a good parent who's spending some quality time with your upset child. And after about one or two minutes of this, that child calms right down. It feels better and so too do you. So if you keep this practice up just two minutes a day, just first find your fear, then acknowledge, then feel it without trying to get rid of it, After about a week, I've seen this happen over and over again, panic attacks stop, anxiety dissolves, you sleep better, keep doing it for a month, oh my gosh, depression lifts, PTSD sorts itself out. Keep doing this past the month, and all of a sudden you're not doing this practice just to drag yourself out of a hole, but actually 
you realize at this point that letting go of fear, well, that's not the right way. You've got to tap into fear. And then all of a sudden, you plus fear like lovers in a dance, that lifts you up to your greatest potential. Now, I get it. We are so conditioned to just keep going down the conquer and overcome path. We have 10,000 miles invested in this path, and we think, surely if we just keep going, we're going to get there, especially with this electroshock therapy. Yeah, that's going to take us where we want to go. But what's the definition of insanity? Trying the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. This isn't working. It's very, very difficult to do. It's setting us up to live under an impossible ideal, and if we keep going in this direction, eventually we're all going to be medicated. I say we stop trying to figure out new ways to win battles, and instead, let's just end the war. End the war that we have with ourselves, the war that we have with our true nature. It's counterintuitive, but it works. I take steps every single day to have a healthy, inclusive relationship with fear, and I consider it the most important personal work I've ever done. Because your relationship with fear is the most important relationship of your life, because it's a relationship that you have with yourself at your core. Other people are doing this too, people you admire. Some of them don't even know they're doing it. Others are specifically practicing it, and it works. It ends all those problems I talked about. And all of a sudden, you become like Batman and Robin, stronger together than apart. So this is a thing. This is happening. This is the future for us regarding fear. It has to be, because what we're doing is not working. And I'm wondering, if you're not already there, is it your turn next? And this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.